Welcome everyone to the Screamcast episode 86. I am Sean Drager and with me is Brad Henderson. Yo! From the land of birth, movies, death, Jacob Q. Knight is back on the podcast. Hello. What's up, good sir? Not much. <laughs> uh, it's been a little bit since we've had a show. We pol- much mucho apologies uh, for the extended break. Next year, we'll have to work out some sort of plan like, oh, for sure, we're going to be off, you know, whatever in December. Sean, Sean's fault. We'll just blame Sean. It's all my fault. No, it's my fault, too. We've this is the time busy. of year where, you know, we're crazy busy. And uh, it's just hard to get everyone together. But whatever. Fuck that. Let's get moving on with the show. Today we're going to be talking a couple all of films entries from uh, Slasher Video. So pretty excited to get to those. We'll be talking uh, Killer Workout, Shock 'em Dead. I'm assuming Deadly Prey is going to come up in the conversation. Yes, uh, so those are the too. main focuses for today's show. We also have some stuff for Stream Screams and VHS Oh my god. But first, gentlemen, we need to figure out what's arrived on our doorstep. Holy cow, I almost forgot. We'll get the door. I am not going to be saying what's on my doorstep because that would be an hour and a half old. So. <laughs> I have a few things that I'll cover. So, I don't know. I'm going to talk about two of my favorite movies okay, for this cool. from this year. So that way, we'll just get to that, and we'll save the others for a rainy day. Okay. Um, Cooties. I don't care what people say. I fucking dug Cooties. I thought it was hilarious. It's out on Blu-ray. Go get it. You'll laugh, hopefully. I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest fan of horror comedies, and I found this... Very delightful and very funny. I know you don't have a sense of humor, Sean, and Michael Bay didn't direct it. But <laughs> no, you know man, what? you know what? I've, I've that's actually one that I've really, I've on hindsight, I've kind of warmed up to, and uh, I'm going to be buying the Blu-ray. Uh, I bought the digital release, so I own it. It has, digitally. it has a lot of one-liners. It's, it's also fun for kids if your kids like gore, and it doesn't really go, you know, to those lengths of being super inappropriate. You know, yeah. and I hear just, the commentary is hilarious. So that was what kind of made me want to grab the Blu-ray. I have uh, not dug into that, but I'm just saying, like, just the cast alone, um, the writing is, I believe, and I think it's very, very witty. You know, I might be acting principal, or I might, yeah, I might be acting principal, but you guys are acting crazy. <laughs> I don't know. That shit got me. So, um, yeah, I would definitely pick it up. It's, it's nothing like too special. It's just, it's just very funny. And, you know, with the horror comedy type thing, I'm not, I really don't dig that all that much. I just don't like those two blended genres together because I feel that it goes overboard on one or the other. Um, and this one has like a streamline of both. It seems like it wants to be, it has the super gore and plus fucking kids are dying. Like how badass is that? Like who every anytime you want to kill kids in a movie, I'm down. Just saying, that's a big silence on the other end. I'm so. just not sure how to react on that. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's really fun when kids <laughs> die in movies because kids are assholes. Yeah, uh, and now they have a reason to die. 
So um, next, uh, I believe this comes out on the 29th on uh, on Blu-ray, but um, this is definitely in my top 10 of the year, and I know um, Matt, uh, Jacob will be on, on par with this with me, is um, Craig Zollier's Bone Tomahawk. Um, yeah, that movie is so good. <laughs> I uh, had the pleasure of seeing Bone Tomahawk at Fantastic Fest, and um, I absolutely fell in love with it. Another film um, that has impe- an impeccable script. It has some amazing characters, uh, great development, just a great camaraderie of like kind of brotherhood and friendship mixed in with, you know, having, having these four characters get together that aren't super close that band together in order to overcome this huge obstacle that they're faced with. And it just gives you that, like, it's a Western too. And it's a horror Western gives you that, you know, kind of little bit of spaghetti Western at times at, at certain uh, parts through the film and also just gives this like new blend of like horror as well um but it really wants to be a western for the most part with great character development and it's very not comparable like to well, just just how it's set up is like from dust till dawn where you enjoy seeing the gecko brothers do their thing and if the vampires never show up it's okay it's the same thing with this. If they never stumbled across what they stumble across, I would have been cool with it. You know, it's it's. I enjoy the characterization so much and the banter and the dialogue that it just it's it's just it fits perfectly together. And you just want to see these guys. I just want to watch an hour and a half of these guys just fucking trot around on horses and bicker. Well, and the. And you, the, the thing the thing I would actually disagree with you about is that I've actually seen it three times now, and it I don't actually think it's a horror western. Like it has horror elements to it, but the more I watch yeah, it, true, true. No, it's no, 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 it's no, no, you're very, right, you're right, you're right. It's very much playing like a traditional studio western, almost from the fifties or sixties. Like I know at Fantastic Fest and a bunch of people after Fantastic Fest uh, compared it to you know like John Ford's The Searchers. Um, but to me, it almost felt like uh, Peck and Paw's uh, Ride the High Country, like the old studio westerns that he used to make before he did like Wild Bunch and yeah. Ballad of Cable Hogue and things like that. But it's it's very it kind of to your point, it's very character driven. Um, Kurt Russell's doing that John Wayne thing that he does so damn well, and he's like basically the closest thing that we've ever had to our generation. Well, not even our generation, but like later generations having something akin to like a John Wayne and Richard Jenkins in this movie is doing like incredible work. There's a, that monologue at the end that he has, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but with the circus is like, seriously, like I know people say like, Oh, like this is Oscar caliber or whatever. But like, I legitimately get choked up every time I watch that scene. Like it, Everything works because they create these incredible bonds in this movie. And Matthew Fox is like next level as a dude who like I don't usually like in a lot of movies. He's no, really playing He's a very great, surprising like, too. Yeah, it's he almost plays a such a good that, asshole. He's such an asshole, but he becomes one of those people that you want on your side. Yeah, because it's kind of an, 
he has that badassery to him that he kind of holds back. But man, I tell you, just his like every the way every character that carry like every actor that carries that character is holding it next to their heart because they're giving it at all. It feels every fucking line of dialogue is is almost perfect. To, to yeah, the like I usually don't say a lot of movies are perfect in the sense, but I, I, I think this is one of those films that I can say the script alone is near perfect. Well, Craig Zoller, the guy who wrote and directed it, he was a novelist before, correct? Like, cause it has a very literary feel to the way he even writes his dialogue because the dialogue so endlessly quotable. I didn't um, know that. The only other thing I know he's done is one of my favorite movies of like 2011 was Asylum Blackout. Okay. He wrote yeah, that, which sure. that's, that's a crazy fucking, you know, mind fuck of a horror film. But it's like when I found out he was doing it, I was excited. But also I didn't expect this. You know, this, yeah. is, this is next level shit. Yeah, no, it's 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 an incredible, incredible directorial effort. Um, but to kind of go back to Matthew Fox, Matthew Fox almost feels like it's an, kind of an obvious reference point. But it feels like a character that Val Kilmer would have played in the early 90s. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can see it's that. It's real, real. Everything about that movie is incredibly solid. And it's, I, you know, I've read a lot of people complain about the pace and the length because it is, it, you know, it borders on two and a half hours. But, like, I, it was a movie I so totally fell into and got into the style of, like, and I saw it at, like, I saw it at a press screening the first time at, like, nine in the morning. Yeah, I and talked to you after that. Like, yeah. Uh, I was completely it, it, it moved so quick too. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I'm with you on this one. This is one of my absolute favorites of the year too. I still need to see it. I rented it and then forgot I rented it, and then the 30 days passed. Jesus so. Christ! Jesus. <laughs> it's called Life with Three Children. Well, hey, it's cheap as shit on Amazon because RLJ. Oh, I'm gonna buy for it. Some reason L R L R J picked up this movie. This is something. That easily, like, you could have had a limited theatrical release. And if you promoted it, you could have maybe had it just a little bit bigger. Yeah. Because, I mean, Kurt Russell isn't a huge draw, but he has that following. He has that fan base. And I think the general public, if they see Bo Tomahawk, they would dig Bo Tomahawk. Because... I mean, to take away that horror element, you're right. It's not. It's not a traditional. It's not traditional horror at all. There's actually. It was just. It's more or less the horror that they face and the brutality that happens. But other than that, it doesn't have like you know any. Well, any there's horror element. there's one moment of hardcore gore in it too that feels like something out of like if you ever read like old Jack Ketchum novels like Off Season or Offspring. Yeah, like totally feels. Super gross. Um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. This is a movie that should have been seen on the big screen by like a shitload of people. Because uh, I, I was waiting for amazing. it. Yeah, I was waiting for it to come out of the theaters and I saw it. It, it was up for pre-order and I, I pre-ordered, pre-ordered it over Black Friday. So. Yeah. It's, 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 it's bizarre that it didn't get more love and maybe, you know, another studio came in. I, I don't know if maybe RLJ Entertainment had their hands in it. When it was being, you know, as it being made, but for this film to go to kind of such a subpar company is kind of, it's kind of mind numbing to me because if anybody knows these guys work, I mean, it's not like they're a terrible company or anything. They're a distribution company, which is great. They get the movie out there. 
They're going to get it at Best Buy. They're going to get it at Walmart, which is does wonders for the film. Will be on Netflix, so the film will has a, a decent release, but it feels like it could have been bigger and better. And yeah. that's the one thing that disappoints me. So I, I this is going to be a film that we're going to be hearing about for the next couple of years because it's going to slowly get discovered. Um, you know, people are going to see the runtime and maybe pass it off, but eventually they're going to get to it and it's going to kick their ass and it's going to be great. So, but that's it. That's all I got. Sweet. <clears throat> Watch Bone Tomahawk. Jacob Knight, what have you, what's on your doorstep? You got anything? Um, yeah, I do. I don't want to say too much about it cause I know you guys have a, uh, upcoming episode, I think on it, Brad told me, but I got my copy of Blood Rage from Arrow Films. Oh. Yeah, I got mine right here too. I'm real, real thrilled with that release. Uh, How about that composite of, cut? Oh my god, that was just what I was about to say. I watched the composite cut the other night, um, and like I had only ever seen it once uh, on 35 millimeter on like a really beat up. 35 millimeter print that I think even when they presented it, it said like part of the part of the gore scenes were cut out of it by either a projectionist or, you know, the producers or somebody That's the nightmare at shadow woods thing. You're probably talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely, yeah. Cause that was the title card on the print that I saw. Yeah. That's um, it's the most known like bootleg copy. I mean, blood rage has been kind of, I mean, it had a uh, on VHS it had Prism release, but it still wasn't full gore. But, yeah, um, but that that release might be my favorite release of like the year because yeah. it's a it's, it's a fucking great movie too. It's so fucking goofy and weird and funny and gory and like has well the end the ending is so incredibly i don't want to ruin it for anybody but then it ends on that incredibly grim note where you're just like holy shit this movie stopped being fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's 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 definitely it stands out there from your ordinary slashers and And it's a thanksgiving uh slasher too yeah yeah it is thanksgiving a little charm to it but it's just the two isn't the only other one home sweet home Am I missing one? Um, home Sweet Home is... Well, I mean, uh, as far as slashers goes, yeah. Yeah, because you have... Because, I mean, you have Blood Freak, too, which is technically kind of a Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> and you have Thanksgiving with the True. Killer Turkey. <laughs> and Thanksgiving yep. 3, Part 3. So uh, I, think, I never yeah, made it to Part 3. Huh? I never made it to Part 3. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I never made it part one. Two, two doesn't exist in in the thing. They only talk about two in part three. It's That's really funny. hilarious. It's enjoyable for the most part. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I know you guys have an upcoming episode for it, so I don't want to go like too crazy on it. But like, yeah, we'll yeah. break down the cuts because I I kind of want to. I've only watched the composite cut because that's the no that's the one I haven't seen. Um, the other ones I've seen, I mean, I have Nightmare at Shadow Woods. I have uh, the Prism release of Blood Rage. So I'm I'm familiar with those two, and I've showed them to friends. And I was glad this film, there's like a resurgence of it. Maybe about a year and a half ago, a couple theaters started, you know, showing, I guess, the print that you saw. They started yeah. showing it, you know, like the new Bev and stuff like that. So 
because uh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it on Thanksgiving Day two years ago at the Ritz here in yeah, Austin. Okay, so yeah, so about two years ago, people started talking about it, and I was like, all of a sudden, I saw people talking about Blood Rage. I'm like, holy fuck! Like, thank you, well, to whoever's and, doing this. Like, thank. Well, you I know for also Exhumed, uh, Exhumed Films up north uh, included it in their like second or third annual Guilty Pleasures marathon that they also did. Um, so like it's been, yeah, you're totally right. It's been hitting like the rep scenes in a couple different places that are like really getting it out there. And now this, I mean, this release, I know it's going to be pricey, like a lot of the arrow releases, but man, it's so, it's so good. Like it's, it's yeah, the type. I mean, we talk of- about the pricing all the time, but it, I think easily this is something that you can justify. Oh, this is one I totally justified. And I, and I was told myself I was done buying money. And then, uh, Mike from Grindhouse video. Money? Huh? Can you buy money? I can't buy you money. Said buying money. No, nah, I whatever. I don't know what I said. Um <laughs> but but Mike from Grindhouse Video dropped me a line and said, "Hey, I got Blood Rage in." And uh I was like, "Oh shit, send it my way. <laughs> here's my here's my money." Yeah. And it's a beautiful to set too. Like they yeah. you know, it's, it it like you can tell that they this is a special one um because I mean even when we had the Arrow guys on, you know, you could tell whenever we mentioned Blood Rage and the Mutilator, those are two films that they hold close to their hearts and they were really excited about. And I'm glad they kept pushing it off uh, here and there because they originally it was supposed to come out in September, I think, like September 24th. Yeah. And they had some other things that they wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, take your fucking time, Arrow, because if shit ends up like that on my shelf. Yeah, totally. Like fucking Blood Rage of all fucking movies, like a three-disc set with three different cuts – and beautiful packaging, like, it's still, like, Blu-ray's been around for a while, and kind of this resurgence of taking older films and kind of odd films and putting them on Blu-ray, it's still, I still can't comprehend certain titles that are coming out. Like, I can't believe somebody else likes that enough to give it that type of treatment. Well, Arrow really has become, like, I know people made the joke when Shout Factory first started doing their thing. (laughs) When they were... Yeah, they were there. <laughs> I got over that really quick. Yeah, yeah. No, it gave me about a, give me about maybe a couple months, and I was done. Dude, Arrow's doing. They're putting the work in, though. I mean, like that's yeah. releases like that. The upcoming, I, I've only dug into it a little bit, but the uh, the the Yakuza papers release that's coming up too is uh, oh so man, oh fuck, it's good. <laughs> uh, and then like the Stray Cat Rock series that they did like they're really putting out movies that yeah Yeah. and they're movies that never ever thought would get treatment like this and it's they're 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 really doing great work yep yeah if you if the listeners go back to um, was it it's the it's not cranberry sauce episode um we had an (laughs) interview with uh francisco uh and um and ewan um from arrow and you could just tell like those guys are very charming and they know exactly what they're doing. It's not one of those things where, you know, and also they also have these passion, you know, these passion projects where if they truly love a movie, they're going to give it the release that they would want to see, which I can totally dig. You know, and I'm glad someone likes Blood Rage as much as I do, and I'm hoping the same thing happens with the Mutilator. So awesome! Yeah, 
Uh, did you have anything else on your doorstep, Jacob? Um, I do have stuff, but I have a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, the one thing I am going to push, and it's another thing that I was talking to Brad about, it's not really on my doorstep, but it was something that I recently got yeah. from Vulcan here in Austin, where I, I also work, is uh, – have you guys ever watched the Angel movies? Like I was definitely – I know Brad has because yeah, I was talking yeah. to him about it. Uh, but I started watching the the old um, New World picture, you know, kind of vengeful hooker movies, the Angel films. And I really loved the first one. I didn't really like the second one that much. But the third one kind of tickled me a little bit. Um, but these, they're like perfect for uh, the people who are like huge fans of stuff like Vice Squad or um, – Yep, huge boner. Uh, are, are, are these I guess on... it's really fucked up if you get a boner over Vice Squad. Are... Yeah, no, it's definitely fucked up because there's like wire, <laughs> there's coat hanger like abortions in that movie. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are these on uh, DVD um, anywhere? Or yeah, they're, they're on Voodoo too. Yeah, oh, people that are okay. interested, yeah. On Voodoo as well. Yeah, like they're super cheap. You can get the whole trilogy for something like 12 bucks on Amazon on like a DVD yeah. set. And I think they have like a bundle pack too um, on Voodoo with all three of them. Yeah, but they're really, really great. Um, they're super sleazy, super oh, sleazy. Yeah, yeah. They're- and it's and it's and that girl's portrayed in such a way that you feel gross. Oh yeah, they're they're not feel good movies, but no. they're real fun. But I think yeah, Vice because I, I think it's how we got on the subject. As I mentioned, I I screened Vice Squad for a bunch of friends, and everybody kind of hated me afterwards. <laughs> Well, Vice um, Squad's what – I mean if if somebody doesn't like Vice Squad, I'm pretty sure like I don't think I could actually be like friends with them because <laughs> it's like Vice Squad is seriously in like my upper echelon of like film canon. Like I love that fucking movie so much. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's one of a kind. For something to come out of that era and kind of be a main – because when it came out, it was kind of a main – it was a mainstream movie. It, it was at theaters and for some – Huh? Kind of. I mean, it's still Avco. That's not exactly right. age. Right, but I'm saying it had a good budget. It made it did well at the box office. Oh yeah, run. And for something like that, that caliber to be like as dirty and grimy and fucking fucked up as it is to be something that well, made actually money. Yeah, like, well, it's those wings. It's that wings Hauser dollars. That's what yeah. it was really bringing in. Uh, it's it's funny to say that now. Yeah, exactly. That's like but, saying uh, Cole Hauser does does his movies do well. Well, is, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm like, trying. Uh, to, I'm on Voodoo trying to find which one is which. They got them all. That's all screwed up. We got Avenging Angel. That's the second one. That's the second one. They have it on here twice. So I don't know which one's the which one's. But well, there's covers. Angel Three. The what's the last one called? The Confrontation or the something like uh, that. I can't remember. Huh. Well, they're there. I think uh, two of them for sure are there. there. There's three, but one says Avenging Angel, two, two Avenging Angels, different price points, different covers. One says Angel, same cover. I don't know. Voodoo's messed up here. Angel, well, Angel 3 is called The Final Chapter, and this time they actually, ah, there it they is. To that promise. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, it's really, really good. I think anybody who's into, like, some serious sleaze should check it out. Um, and I I like those movies. 
I nice. Agree. It, on on uh, on Voodoo, they all had the exact same cover. One says Angel, the next one says Avenging Angel, then the third one is Angel 3, the final chapter. Yeah, they're all ladies with guns, right? I, I don't have it well, up in front of Well, one girl's like in a little no, schoolgirl yeah, outfit. Like a book and the other one looks like, like a hooker. Yeah, well, well that's, that's, ad, you know, that's yeah. apt. They're all about six ninety nine each, standard definition. Yeah, but no, they're, they're definitely great. And if you can track down... People can track down a copy of Vice Squad because I know the DVD's been out of print for a while. But yeah, track down Vice Squad and it will fuck you up for oh, sure. Oh man, Night of Sleaze being planned as we speak. Well, it's, it's, Sleaze has to be done in such a way where you know it's just—I don't know. There's like a certain aesthetic that it has to like. I think Vice Squad does it perfectly. It has that adrenaline. It has, you know, it has a story where. You know, cops are kind of trying to protect prostitutes at the same time. Right. And which is not a very common plot point to, to films. I mean, even though the cops, but the cops are really shitty too. They're fucking assholes about it. But I don't know. It just carries itself in such a way that it has a lot of things going for it and just doesn't focus on kind of, it gets like this underbelly of sleaze, like um, this like crime in L.A., New York type type deal with the films do that kind of dig under your skin. And I think that's where Vice Squad gets. It's just not on the surface. Like, you really want to scrub down after you watch something <laughs> like that. Oh, man. What's what's kind of neat, too, and to ba- not to get too far off or I guess too far on a tangent or whatever, but on Brad's kind of topic about it being mainstream, is they also came out at a time because I was at the same time watching um, – a bunch of Clint Eastwood's old, like non-dirty, hairy cop movies from the early '80s, and stuff like Tightrope and Sudden Impact, which actually was a dirty, hairy film. They get really sleazy in the same kind of way too. In that very San Francisco, uh, like he's always hunting a rapist of some sort, and yeah. he's always getting like super seedy. So, like at that point in the time, if you wanted to make like a really kind of beat the pavement, gross out cop movie. Um, that treated women like shit for the most part. Like that was your time period to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Audience possible. Yep. Yeah. All right, man. We need to have a sleaze podcast for sure. Totally. Do. <laughs> um. And anything else? No, I think about? I've said my piece. You ever see Rape Squad? <laughs> oh yeah, Rape Squad is good. I Rape Squad is really but, good. Wow. Well, I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a like almost a feminist standpoint of you know female retaliation. I oh, mean, sure. it's and it does have some really awful parts, but for the most part, I mean, those women kick fucking ass. I don't yeah. think you can release a movie with that title these days. No, well, they what did. They re- re- yeah, they re- did retitle it. I forget what it is now, but yeah, it's um. Yeah, Rape Squad was the original <laughs> title of the film. Wasn't it? Isn't it Act of Vengeance? Act no. of Vengeance? No. Or is it's, this? I'll have to look it up. But anyways, let's continue, and we'll. I'll, I'll yell it out. Act of Vengeance. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I got a couple here. Um, the my last one I'll save for when we're done with this because we're we gotta we gotta talk about this flick before we jump to the other ones, but. Uh, the first one that I got, uh, I'm, I'm late to the party, but I finally watched a Christmas horror story. I know that Brad, you've seen this twice, and you weren't a fan of it, right? 
Um, no, I just can't get into it. I, I had some fun with it. I think there's one very weak uh, episode, which is the haunted, uh, the ghost story. But um, my, my, I mean, I had a blast with the Santa and the elf zombie, uh, elf zombies. That that was fun. Uh, the Krampus stuff was okay, but uh, just be, just I think having that Santa versus the killer elves kind of made this endearing enough for me. And then of course William Shatner, I had a lot of fun with him as the rated DJ. Yeah, he's actually like I I I think I said this on the previous podcast is he's i hate him so much (laughs) but he is really fucking good yeah so it's fun i mean this is you know this is something i'll probably i'll I'll probably watch again i'll I'll probably break it out around the holidays just have some drinks and sit down with this um definitely not as good as trick-or-treat but i think for the most part i think they accomplished what they set out to do um as far as a a horror you know a christmas themed horror but uh, we'll talk a little more about some Christmas horror in just a second. I want to get these other two real quick. I finally watched uh, Skin Trade with Dolph Lundgren and Tony Jaw, and uh, I had some fun with it. Uh, it's, it's 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 definitely a okay it's a, action. It's movie. a B action flick. Um, yeah. I kind of feel bad a little bit for Peter Weller. <laughs> you kind of feel like. The poor Fucking guys. Don't feel bad. Fucking watch streamers and RoboCop. <laughs> but uh, and then Ron, Ron Perlman. Um, it's got a hell of a cast. Dude. Yeah, man, it's it's Ron Perlman, uh, uh, Michael Jai White, um, Tony Jaw, Dolph Lundgren. Allen. But um, I I liked it. I like the you fact. Just, like mumble over Dolph Lundgren's name. Like he's, he's okay. not. He I like Dolph Lundgren, but let's face it, he's not a really good actor. Uh, dude, have you fucking seen Command Performance? Well, dude, Command Performance is probably his best film ever. Jesus, dude. I love Command, Command Performance. Performance. Is fucking um, anyway, anyway, it's, it's a fun action flick. I would, I think it's you can get you can... his maximum potential workout video. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's fun. I, I like what I wanted to say about this potential. flick is they. I feel like they actually use real squibs. The the bullets seem to have impact. You know. There's a no, few. They really shot those people, huh? He really, shot, really them. shot them. Well, there's a few. There was like there was a time in these like B movie straight to video action flicks where they were using the CGI blood, and that annoyed me. Command performance has some of it, but uh, I was I was happy that there was some uh, physicality to the gunfights, and it gets pretty damn violent. Like yeah, the, the gunfights are movie. yeah. yeah. Uh, and then finally, what I want to talk about real quick is a, a flick called Blunt Force Trauma. Have you guys heard of this? I was in an I, I was in an action mode the the other day. Um, it's with uh, yeah, Ryan Quantin. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> Ryan Quantin. 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 Um, and then Mickey Rourke's in this near the end. He's not in it very much, but uh, it's yeah. Mickey. It's Mickey Rourke and his new face. Oh, that's a, that's mean. <laughs> he looks. That's he mean. doesn't look good. That's I don't mean. understand. But uh, this game, this movie kind of reminded me a little bit of Thirteen Zametti. Not as good, but there's this thing where they they basically they stand a little ways from each other in a circle. They wear flak jackets or bulletproof vest, and the whole goal is to knock the person out of the circle by shooting them in the chest. Yeah, that's a total ripoff of Thirteen, by the way. It's definitely this Thirteen Zametti vibe. Not as stressful as Thirteen Zametti because that movie friggin' made my palms sweat. My ass clenched pretty much the whole you ever, film. Did you ever see the remake? 
the remake's bullshit. Um, and it's and it's by the same <laughs> director, which is ridiculous. Jason Statham. Though. Oh my god. Anyway, um, anyway, I, I I think Blunt Force Drama, like you, it reads like a Thirteenth Cinematic kind of ripoff. There's a lot more I think going on with it, and it's it's a pretty good, um, action action flick. Didn't um, sell me. Pass. <laughs> didn't sell me on it. All right. Well, Ryan Quentin's really good in it, and uh, this is uh. Uh, the actress Frida Pinto is super hot. So. You know what I like Ryan Quan in Red Hill. Yeah, that was a fun movie. He's awesome. He, I, I really, like, I really like him. All right, moving along, we're going to jump into these slasher video titles in just a second, but uh, we would be amiss to not talk about Michael Doherty. Is it Doherty? Doherty. Uh, Doherty's film Krampus. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle bells Merry Christmas! Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. This is delicious, honey. A little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's the It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. With those holiday greetings and greetings. How are we going to survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? We heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? Saint Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Crumb. Um, Jacob, I... have you seen Krampus yet? No. Fuck! I figured you would have. Well, we will. We'll we'll, I, we'll we talk about like, it quickly. But I don't was, really trick or treat that three. much. So, oh, Uh-oh. wow. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll we'll keep it spoiler free. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as we should. Yes, this movie's been a long time coming from him, and you know anything that was follow up from Trick or Treat. I mean, he's a busy guy. He writes big, you know, studio films on the side, but then he like does his own thing and you know, makes trick or treat and it takes it like 10 years for it to come out. And, you know, finally you got Krampus, <laughs> Krampus coming around. It was, it, it's, it's, it's nice to see that charming, like gremlins feel like the feel good movie. It, it seems, I don't know mm. how much it's, it's feel good, but you know, it, it, it's it weird has that it has that eighties element, like, like the gate gremlins. It's yeah. all right there, but just, new it uh it, um, it definitely gets it definitely gets intense in in moments but it never goes overboard which is actually i was kind of wishing it would be rated r when i was first kind of sitting down and watching it but once you watch it all the way through and it's uh it makes sense the that it, of the movie but you can't tell the rating no sure. no no like, but it's it's uh it makes sense that they wouldn't go totally are and just how everything plays out and it and i really appreciated it for that and i'm and yeah i mean the, the like there's like it's a weird 
I wouldn't say nostalgic, but it definitely it, it's like that your favorite moments from Christmas Vacation and Home Alone with with like the families bickering and everything, all those moments. Dude, it fucking it, it feels I mean, like I'm not going to say rip off because it's not, but it's it feels like it though. Huge homage to fucking Uncle Eddie. Yeah. From Christmas Vacation. That yes. whole setup is Christmas Vacation. <laughs> you know, I mean, it has fucking two Calvin and Hobbes references. It <laughs> yeah, has... Totally. It takes one of the best lines from the gate and throws it in there. Like, you I don't guys, know. It's, this movie sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> But, I don't know. If you're into those films that we grew up with, like Monster Squad and all that, you, you would definitely like Krampus. Like, yeah, it has a little bit more of a mean spirited edge to it than those other films. But yeah, um, it does. But it 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 keep, it's still charming. Yeah, at least. yeah. Like it keeps the charm, even though it is kind of dreadful at times. What you're seeing happening to everything, but it it manages never to go overboard. So I I need to do a little a, a little plug for my other podcast, the AXPX podcast. Oh my god! I go. <laughs> I talked to a uh, a professor of mythology at uh, he's at Oklahoma City University uh, about the folklore and the mythology of Krampus and uh, and it seems like the writers like Michael. Here we go, yeah, Dor- Doherty. Yeah. Wow. Um, how he sets it up is very far off from like the actual folklore, but for the movie, it, it makes sense. The actual folklore is, um, there was, there's, there's two nights. There was the December 5th and there's December 6th. December 6th is when St. Nick comes and gives all the presents out to all the good kids. December 5th is basically the night of reckoning for all the bad boys and girls. And Krampus would show up, gather all the bad boys and girls, torture the shit out of them, whip them with chains, drown them, shove them into a basket. And then if those kids survived the night on the 6th, they would get a present from St. Nicholas as well. <laughs> wow. So that's the original Krampus uh, from the Germany or whatever. But there's a lot more. So I'm going to plug my podcast. If you want to hear the whole story of Krampus, oh, uh, the AXPX.com. Please plug. <laughs> But, um, but man, I, I really did love it. I loved the use of practical effects in the film. Um, yeah, those gingerbread men look really good. They were not practical. Those guys were <laughs> fucking CGI, but I think it was CGI done right and done fun. So, but most of it looked pretty good. Like if, even if it wasn't, I'm sure there was like extensions to some of the props and stuff like that, but you know, it, it all looked good. It all had a reminiscent of like an eighties, you know, my only complaint of the film is that I feel that everything that they encounter is like underutilized. Like it takes a while for it to actually get to Krampus. And that's the only downfall to the film because the characters aren't that likable to be around them for that long. Like, they're decent actors or decent characters, but they're not fun enough or there's not enough not enough depth to them to be around them for an hour before this actually shows up. Three or four of them should have been dispatched earlier. Cool as fuck. Like, you know, the gingerbread men were funny, the toys were awesome, but we don't spend a lot of time with them. You know, and that's the one downfall to the film. Yeah. Agreed. 
but anyways but as far as christmas horror like this one is i don't know if it's going to get as much play for me as like trick-or-treat does every year i break out trick-or-treat for halloween i'm not sure if i would do the same with krampus but uh i'll I'll give it another but you're gonna watch christmas horror story instead no 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 fail failed but see, Chris's horror story has a few little stories that I, you know, some things I like more than others. Podcast whereas over. Krampus, as a whole, I think, you know, kind of there's a few hits or misses. But I, I, I really dug the film though. I would definitely be watching it again. I can't wait to buy the thing. It would be better if it was shot on video. <laughs> be better if it was shot on an iPhone. Like some of these other movies that we're going to talk about. All right, you're, you guys ready to jump into some slasher video? Sure. Sure. All right. <laughs> Just as long as we stop talking about Michael Doherty movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Trick or Treat's the most like overrated horror film in the last 10 years. Whoa, Agree to disagree. Bold statement. Agree to disagree. I'm not going to start. A, I'm not going to turn this into a friggin' Twitter flame war back and forth. We're not on Twitter. We're not a yeah. We're talking in person though, so right, that doesn't make can, sense. in person. I'm it, in it front can, of you. <laughs> it could be a real life Twitter flame war, is what I mean. Well, I mean, like, at Jacob Q Knight, fuck off. Wow, wow. Jesus wow. Christ! No, no. Uh, Jesus. All right, here we go. Let's jump into these. Uh, let's talk killer let's workout. Talk about, let's let's talk about slasher video. You want to talk about yeah. slasher video first? We've we've covered them before. Well, I'm just saying we have a lot because I mean I think that Jacob and I have watched um, because I mean all these came out at the same time pretty much. I think Boarding House was a few weeks before, but I mean they dumped all these slasher titles. Yes, yeah. I mean there was like ten of them. Do you feel like they're just know? dumping them to get them out there? I feel like. Well, I feel they, it was a deal. I don't think there was something to spread out. I yeah. just think it was a you know a, a, a single solitary deal, and they just dropped them all at the same time just to kind of – that's what Olive does. I mean every month they right. drop like fucking 20 titles, like, <laughs> you know, and this well, is kind of what they were going for. Well, and the other thing about Slasher Video too is that like they have that weird thing to where they're working with elements of films that – they're not really going to clean up that much or can't clean up yeah. that much. So they kind of just slap them on discs and throw them out there for better or worse. Um, so, I mean, and they, they kind of get out there, but they also, you, you can get them all for super cheap. So they just dump them all and you can buy a whole stack of them for, you know, 50, 60 bucks and have a solid like week of viewing ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that's that's the one one thing I did want to go on before we actually go into the films is that I mean we always give all of shit, but I mean they put movies out, it's fine, they're HD masters, but they don't have a good rep at all. Well, they kind of put the, out what they got to, for this to happen with Slasher. I kind of felt bad because they're going with a company that doesn't have a good rep, and they are doing these VHS transfers basically. And they just automatically, even though they had disclaimers, uh, they had a letter with the, the screeners, well, they have disclaimers. Well, some of their disclaimers, Amazon. some of the disclaimers are suspect, though. Because I know for a fact that there are certain elements that they didn't use for certain films that they had disclaimers on that you're just like, yeah, but there's 
they're still out there. You just didn't use them. Hmm. Like what? The plot thickens. Uh, I mean, I know Boarding House could have looked better because I've seen it look better. Okay. I mean, I've seen a print of Boarding House, so it looked better than what's on that disc. Okay. What else? What else? I'm curious. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm just giving you that one as like the main <laughs> one. I mean, you know, know, obviously something like something like Deadly Prey that's coming from like a straight up beta transfer. I mean, you could probably clean it up a little better, but you're not going to get it a whole lot better than yeah. what they gave. Well, because I know uh, Prior has said that there are no negatives or anything that is withstanding of Deadly Prey. Well, and I also know of another company that tried to buy Deadly Prey, and as soon as they brought up the negatives were basically like they got ghosted on. So like yeah. because it was one of those things where it was like, oh, yeah, no, we don't have those. And then they disappeared. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the, the elements aren't the best sometimes, but also they, they definitely are what they're working with, but – I don't know. I also think they use that as a crutch a bit to put out also somewhat subpar product. Yeah, it also is cheaper for them, to be honest. Oh, yeah, that, because you can you get know. Deadly Prey for what? Like, I bought it on Amazon for like $6. Yeah, for super cheap. Yeah. Like, I'm not complaining about the price point. It's just you get yeah. what you pay for. No, 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 I understand. But, I mean, yet again, if you want to jump back to Deadly Prey, what was available prior uh, no pun intended. Um, you actually could only get the VHS for a hundred dollars if you were lucky oh, sure. to find it. You know, so you know something. That's the reason why you know you try to weigh in. Like they're actually doing something great because they're actually getting it out there. Probably when no one else would touch it if they can't get a print. That they gave this movie a new life, which it was very like Deadly Prey. I don't well, know, people are very well, borderline close to death. Yeah, but like, I, I agree with you. But there's definitely other companies that would have touched it with that without a print. But so I don't Not know. Video, maybe. Yeah, because I know. Uh, I, I definitely know one to try to buy Deadly Prey, and there's other. But they also have tried to buy like other kind of the, those trash action titles to get. And yeah. because a lot of it is like the producers, let's face it, are sometimes unreasonable. Yeah. Well, I think this one is that the slasher video ran by uh, Jesus. He was, you know, he knew Pryor uh, very well and his brother, of course, which sucks to say that, you know, David Pryor, you know, left us not too long ago, um, which is kind of what another thing I want to talk about. Like I was actually, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking. I was talking with David Pryor for almost a week a week straight, day on and day out, about coming on the show, and he was down. And then all of a sudden I see, you know, something on Facebook saying about his death. Really sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. talking to somebody, like, you know, leading up to that. I don't know. It, like, it's, it's weird when, when stuff like that happens. It's like, you know, anybody had, had anybody die close to you or something where, you know, they're there one day and not there the next Really bizarre. But anyways, I mean, he, yeah, he passed in August, which, you know, I'm glad that his movies are getting out because he's done a lot of cool shit. And it isn't until recently it's seeing its life again because, I mean, Intervision released Sledgehammer uh, a couple years ago, 
which yeah. is great, uh, which is his directorial debut and uh, probably one of the very first slashers shot on video other than Boarding House, maybe? But, I mean, uh, yeah. Boarding House well, really isn't a slasher. Really, yeah, I was going to say Boarding House isn't a slasher. Yeah, but I, I guess Sledgehammer would be the first slasher shot on video. But, um, yep. but anyways, yeah, I mean, he has he quite the career. He's a really goofy director, but there's something about his movies that are just very, very, like, fun and charming. And, I don't know, they just they just flow really, really well. Like, he, no matter how bad the quality is or how cheap he made them, they still have this very delightful tone to it. I, I don't know. I've always been really attracted to his films. Always had a really good time. So... Now we can jump into certain movies if you want to talk about them. Killer Workout next? Right on. Let's jump into, uh, yeah, Killer Workout. Killer Workout. Death, death Workout movies along with Death Spa and... His other titles, Robicide, right? Robicide. What's the other workout movie? Is it Fatal Games? I want to say that's what it is. Fatal Games. I think that's the other workout killer movie. So that's a good trilogy. Or uh, yeah, 1984. A mad javelin thrower kills teenagers in the school. Maybe that's not it. No, it is it. Fatal Games. No, I'm saying I, there's like another like workout movie. Oh, is there? Like a gym. Oh. Where people are dying. I don't know. Other than Death Spa. But anyways, Death I think Killer Workout is no is no Death Spa. I'm just going to put that out there no. right now. No, it's, it's not. It's not at all. Death Spa is so much better than this movie. Oh, Death Spa is <laughs> great. Um Killer Workout it's it it's way too slow. To begin with, like it's it's one of those things. It's you know I just went on this whole um, Ted Pryor or David Pryor thing. Um, Ted Pryor's his brother. Um, is that his movies are really fun and delightful? Maybe this is the one that's not <laughs> because it, it it takes it really takes a lot of time and there's you know a lot of sexy sexy time that is thrown in there uh, before we actually get to the killing. You mean the uh, the uh, aerobic workout footage? Well, I mean, aerobic workout footage is can be used and utilized in such a way that it's great, but it doesn't really <laughs> do it in this movie. There's so much of it. So much ass swinging. I don't know. I don't have really a problem with it. it I'm just, not complaining. It, I'm just, maybe, I'm just maybe they, they, I'm just saying they, they padded the movie out quite a bit mm. with some TNA swinging around in a gym. Some sweaty TNA in wow, leotards. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that twice. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's 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 a fun it's a fun movie once it starts things going, but it takes about an hour to get there. It really does. It, uh, it, it seems that you're it seems that you're watching a workout video. Yeah, yeah, for about an hour. But when it's, when when is with the really bad characterization? When is the fight by the uh, by the trash cans? Remember the the guys taking oh, out the trash. God. That that that's, has that's before an hour, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Once, I mean, once yeah, that happens, outside. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, totally it picks in. up a little bit, but that's that's like that's Ted Pryor doing his muscle man thing that he's <laughs> right. so bad at. Like 
he's built and he's ripped, but he is like he seems so docile at the same time. Like he's just not an action star, and he's the action star in all of David Pryor's movies. <laughs> so you know, once it starts, it starts getting like it starts getting more goofy and and more fun um, as time goes on. But it's the one thing that takes so long to actually get there. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on the uh, the the killer weapon, the giant? Um, oh, the um, safety pin. Yeah, I it's it's so dumb. Yeah, <laughs> can that actually kill a person? I don't know. <laughs> it does in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. But in real life, is that um, really that threat? No, I, it's yeah. it's a very awkward weapon. <laughs> um, I'm not sure exactly. Like, it's one of those things where did the weapon come before the movie, or did they just t- kind of pick up a weapon and be like, ah, this will work, right? Yeah, sure, throw it in there. Like it, had to, it, it had to be the latter there because there's no <laughs> way anyone playing the whole movie. They're like, yeah, this fucking pin. Like, that's what. <laughs> like, I'd be surprised. It, <laughs> it's like it's like that sequence in student bodies when he's searching for the weapon to kill with. <laughs> yeah. totally but it's like picks the picks the biggest and worst worst weapon, like walking around with that thing. Like you're trying to be super discreet. I don't know. <laughs> the one thing they had that I had me just cracking up about the film was so so we got uh, was it Rhonda right Rhonda she's the one who she's the owner of the gym. Wow, you paid attention to character um, names. I have no idea. Well, there's a I just saw a picture. She's wearing a shirt that says Rhonda's workout on it. So you know, oh, that's the one for Maniac Cop, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But Something. so all of a sudden, like people are are being found dead in her gym. But it's like they got the cops there, but people are just still working out, yeah, just doing dude, their thing. Nothing can stop you from, <laughs> just from hitting that grind. I guess not. You got to do it, man. Because the you gym just, you can't take stays breaks. open. It stays open through the investigation, through everything. There's not. They don't even hint that it has been closed a couple days. It, that thing is always going, and and people just seem to not really care that people have been murdered in in the gym, you know. Well, I, mean, I think this. this is really important, though. I guess, like if you yeah, I mean, it. fucking death ball. <laughs> I mean, people are like blowing up and losing limbs, but I mean, we still gotta go. You well, know? you gotta get that. You gotta get that in. You gotta get that. You gotta get that bod. You know. That's right, bro. Okay. I'm just talking. About, I, I, hey, I, I, I go to the gym now, so I, I know what's up. You, you have to get that blood pumping. There is, guys. I, I've been going to the gym, and it's, I'm so feel like so out of place in, in a gym. But there's so many guys in there that I see these these meathead muscle guys that I know if something bad happened, they would still show up. I wouldn't. I would hey, probably take a going break. Down because afterwards, after the cops leave and you're out on the street and you got to find a girl and you got to give her the BBD, <laughs> you know, you just wait. You got to give her the what? What did you BB- just say? The BBD, the bigger, better deal. Oh, you I know? thought you said. That's, I thought you meant big black dick. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it was a hard bodies reference. Oh. Um, uh, my bad. It's my bad. 
so now Sean um, just went racist. <laughs> yeah, he's been racist on this show before. But the first thing, like, I'm glad the first thing that pops in your head is big black dick. Well, we played that. We played that game. Uh, what's that game? Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say what's in my mouth. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, we played that game Cards oh, Against Humanity, and one of that. the uh, one of the cards is Big Black Dick. So, I mean, we just recently played it a while ago, and I couldn't stop laughing. So, sorry. Uh, My oh. apologies. Hopefully no one was offended. All I'm saying If you got a Big Black that... Dick, you show that thing off. Wow. Jesus. Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is like what's texting, texting back and forth with Sean and stuff. <laughs> Like what you hear in the Independence podcast. Independence Day resurgence, people. <laughs> no, stop, stop. Um, but I, I don't know. It's it, it's funny because it's just like it. These movies are fun when you try to like. These are the movies that you should say. Well, this is what I would do because right. the characters always do the complete opposite. Like when you're watching like a, a serious movie, it's not fun to do that because you kind of take away the feel. But it's really fun to just completely go against what the characters are doing and try to get it grounded to reality is like, why is no one like, why isn't shut down? Why aren't they taking prints? Why are people (laughs) working out and be like, Hey, is that a dead body over there? Yeah. I'm going to keep pumping, keep pumping. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you working out? Why are people talking about, Hey, this person died. I'm going to go hit the gym. And it's like, Ugh, whatever. Fucking Ted <laughs> Ted Pryor just wants to probably show off his muscles, which he gets to do in Deadly Prey. Yeah. And hide under leaves. So This is basically like the pain and gain of horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh I could I could totally see that. I don't know. I think it may, maybe it's fatal games, but I think maybe starting off with Killer Workout, going to Fatal Games, ending with Death Spa. That's a fun workout. You know, I guess you could say, have you ever seen Science Crazed? No. Like, probably 50 minutes of Science Crazed's workout. <laughs> but it's the same scene over and over and over. Um, but Science Crazed could be another pseudo workout movie. Nice. That's not a, that's not a good thing. Okay. Well, you know, you know. I don't know. So, I well, I loved I love science craze, but science craze is a fucking endurance test. <laughs> so, well, so that's killer workout. I don't know. If there's anything else we can say about killer workout. Um, I, I, you know, for what it is, is fun. And if you know this with uh, uh, death spa for sure would be a fun double feature. I haven't seen Fatal Games yet. That's that is that out? Is anybody talking about bringing that out on? video at all there was rumor about i guess code red doing it but nothing has ever been confirmed code red just kind of vomits crap out all right i got these ready boom no no <laughs> announcements no nothing he just did it again like he has these mexican uh horror flicks wow mexican there we go they're from mexico mexican spanish are they spanish they're spanish spain? Just say uh, spain spanish spanish horror <laughs> police police stop <laughs> but he just like uh, he released these like uh the devastator dune warriors and silk and then like the next day it was like filipino made movies well, yeah, by Sur- the, Sirio uh santiago right but then two days later all of a sudden oh here's three of these spanish horror flicks it's like no wonder nobody buys things everything because it's like all of a sudden 
who has $120 just to throw out at movies? <laughs> because a fucking screen archive is $30 a piece. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like paying $30 for an olive movie. Oh, my God. All right, moving along. Uh, so that's Killer Workout. Let's move into Shock 'em Dead. Shock 'em <laughs> Dead, starring Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords. Girl of his dreams, he'd make a deal with the devil. Shock'em dead. Ooh, heavy metal horror. Mm-hmm. This one, know. this I really one, man. Enjoy this one. Uh, this had a lot to live up for because I've been hearing about Shock'em Dead probably ever since I've known you, Brad. Yes, since I you started your whole heavy metal dead. horror uh, back in the day, back in the day, like four years ago, and I saw those uh, tweets. It's been longer than that. Was it five years ago? Somewhere around there. Something like that. But um, I've been wanting to see Shock Him Dead for quite some time. And then, especially when I saw the stills of uh, our lead character with the dual guitar. So badass. With the two women draped around his legs. I was like, this movie is right up my alley. And fucking, dude, Tracy Lords, for Christ's sakes. With Tracy Lords. Are we allowed to think she's hot cute. here? Or is she still underage? This is... Post underageness, right? Yes, dude. So don't she have to was feel, only she was only underage for like dirty. two months. Or oh, okay. Like or was she? No, she was sixteen. No shit. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I think she was sixteen when she did. That's two years, Brad. Yeah, I <laughs> give me. A, I'm trying. I'm trying to explain to Sean that it's a no, no. So shock him dead. Basically, we got this loser guy flipping burgers, loser wants to guy. be somebody, makes a deal with some voodoo priestess. Uh, and then he becomes an amazing rock star. Is he's this this angel? Pretty Martin, much the synapse. Bro. Angel. Synapse? Wow. <laughs> angel Martin is his name, my friend. Angel Martin. Angel Martin. Who's also in um some other David Pryor movies, by the way. Um. I don't know. It 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 has. This is probably one of the best, like the best packaging. With um, with I mean, even though the it's still kind of sourced from a fucking tape, um, I think this it, as far as like special features goes, there's a lot of cool shit on here with the director um and everything like that. There's also a reunion and a director's cut of the movie, which I actually prefer because it's a little bit uh raunchier and uh and gory. So um, it it tries to play off. I think very much of the success of trick or treat quote unquote success. I could say there's certain elements. Um, of course, our lead character is very much like Sammy Kerr from, mm-hmm. uh, from trick or treat. So I'm, I think he's pulling a little bit from there. Uh, but this is one of his uh, like, I don't know. Even though this director has only done like what I think this movie like, you know, I mean, I mean, it's not this is not a Ted, uh, a David Pryor movie, by the way. Um, it's just that 
the actor that's in it that plays Angel Martin was in what's the movie of the vampires with the it's a vampire like war movie. Shit. I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. It's a fucking it's a, it's I think a, we can move past it. <laughs> <laughs> So no no I'm just saying like I'm gonna start I'm gonna go to IMDb and just start r- launching out names we don't want that oh don't do that don't <laughs> do that um but I don't know it's it's it uses it, it's got great music it has uh, babes in it which is awesome it has a likable character it has that dork turn metal god you know guitar god and it has it, i don't know it's just it's one of those it's one of the better heavy metal horror films and there's a lot of them out there so i i'm always been kind of a fan of this it's it's, it's very you know just it's very flat at times it, it takes a little bit to get there but it 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 keeps i don't know it keeps you entertained for the most part i mean we're talking about fucking a lot of movies here that are not great that are just mostly fun. So if you like movies that are considered bad as, you know, I hate using that term so bad. It's good. These are the films that are, this is what the stuff I live for is to watch movies like this because there's, you can turn off everything and you can laugh and have a good time with these types of things. You don't really have to fucking pay attention all that much. You can have a few drinks and you can giggle. And I think that's a lot more fun than watching something like Sean's favorite movie, Pompeii. <laughs> I still don't understand why that movie keeps getting brought up. I'm just saying it's <clears throat> one of your favorite movies ever. <laughs> Jacob Knight, your thoughts on Shock Him Dead? Um, I mean, it's definitely one of the more subpar uh, kind of heavy metal horror movies. Um, uh, they showed it at the draft house here uh, back in October where they did like a whole month of heavy metal horror movies. So I saw it right like sandwiched in between like um, Trick or Treat was one. I didn't actually make that screening. I think Brad went to it during Fantastic Fest. Yeah. Uh, but they also did Alice Cooper's um, Monster Dog. Monster Dog, oh, which is also a – yeah, that's a piece of shit though. It is a really <laughs> awful movie and that's getting it, a Blu-ray release by the way. Is it? I think I saw it late one night on Amazon uh, – on uh, no. Netflix. Monster oh god. Dog is not good at all. I think it's I fell so asleep. Um, so I mean comparatively speaking, you know, it's more on the end of Monster Dog. Not that horrible though. Uh, but I mean it ain't like – it's not trick or treat. No, it's not no, trick or treat no. or black roses for sure. Oh well, god, I mean, black roses is oh it's not it's not a rock and roll nightmare. Oh man. Yeah. Um I mean there's, there's literally like 50 heavy metal horror films and if you took 10 of those this would be in a 10. I sure. don't know. That for might sure. be a stretch. Uh, <laughs> I I'd put it at what why don't how about if it's 15 we'll say 12. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's fair. You can't <laughs> name another eight that you would you think better than. I this. don't think I've seen enough to be to or participate seven, in this. Seven rock and roll nightmare. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Rock and rock and roll nightmare, black, black roses, roses, and trick or treat are the three top 
heavy metal horror films. Agreed. I completely agree with that, 100%. Wouldn't The I Gate mean, count? The Gate counts, but to mm, like... Isn't heavy metal used as just the gateway heavy metal record? Yeah, the only yeah, that's heavy... that's the same as Trick or Treat. Yeah, but there's metal performances. Is that the difference? Uh, is that the difference? There's metal head. There's actual metal. Around, is based around a heavy metal artist. Yeah. And the artist uses his music to come back to life performing, drawing people in with his music, and killing people. The gate, oh. the only time that heavy metal is utilized is actually to summon the demons. And it's used oh. once and one time only. The only time they ever go back is when they read the record the pamphlet to put the demons back into the hole. But I agree with you. It's still, cons- I would still use that in uh, like, if I made a list of heavy metal horror films, I would use that, but I would probably put that more down on a couple tiers to use the ones that actually have a lot of music that use music that, that maybe tell the story or, you know, the soundtrack's really badass. but I don't know that this is one movie that uses the music to and you know kind of the heavy metal aspect and the things that we enjoy about heavy metal and know um to throw in there a little bit more i i don't know it's a very enjoyable movie to me here's the thing here's a question i have about shock him dead that that guitar that he's playing is that is that possible yes have uh, apparently there is a guitarist that has a guitar like that and i'm do you guys know who that? An actual can can and actually, there's a video of him performing. No, I, I mean it's it's finger tapping is the yeah. only thing you would have to do. But I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that hard to. Because I want to see that like that. in real life. I would love to well, see that. There's got to be video somewhere of an actual uh, performance. Here's uh, a fun fact about the film that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, it's not really a fact. It's just a rumor. Is that the person that's playing? Um, the guitar that you just see the hand is actually Buckethead. Oh. But that's like, they, I was hoping they would talk about it on the movie a little bit, but they don't. And they mention another guitarist's name, but it's not, um, Brian Carroll is the apparently the real name of Buckethead. But the way he moves, and because Buckethead has, has a certain style, and he matches that style almost perfectly. So I always thought it was kind of funny because he, you know, but anyways, um, they actually don't go into detail about that at the movie or movie at all or even mention the rumor. Um, but like I said, it's just a rumor. But I like to believe it's true. Here this we go. Uh, Wikipedia to the rescue. And I actually found this confirmed on Guitar World or something like that. Michelangelo Batayo. Sounds so familiar. Uh, and I'm trying to find. Uh, anyway, the, really good. The, I think he's like a studio guitar, studio guitarist. Oh, are you talking about the guy that's playing? I think so. Or yeah, the, the guy that has the two guitars. I think the guy that has the two guitars, like he like doubled. But um. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to. Uh, Don't kill my dreams. There's okay? an article here in Guitar World. Buckethead did, did 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 it. Buckethead did, fucking did the soundtrack for Ghost of Mars. Come on, give me a break. He did a couple songs for Ghost of Mars. John Carpenter, boom, done. Working okay. with Anthrax and Steve Vai. Buckethead's a dream. Okay, well, break. there's a Guitar World article where he's interviewed. Um, so there. 
damn. You just tried to shut me down. He was a stunt double for the guitars. He played all the all the guitars in the movie except for one or two scenes. Buckethead did those one or two scenes. That's it. <laughs> Maybe. So, but um, I don't know. It's 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 a fun it's a fun movie. Uh, I mean, like I said, there's not a lot to talk about with these movies. Um, just to say yay or nay to for you to throw in the twelve bucks for the Blu-ray or DVD. Man, there's a picture. I'm sorry. There's a picture of Michelangelo Batayo. He was in a band called Nitro in the 80s and 90s, but uh, he's just pretty much a, an amazing guitarist. There's pictures of him with a four-necked guitar. <laughs> Holy shit balls! This is amazing. Let's see if I can send this to you guys. Did we mention that Aldo Ray is in this movie? Can you click on chance? that? Can you click on that and see it? Please don't send me that something. But Aldo Ray is in this movie, which is very, to me, this seems a little bizarre because he was always kind of the the tough, serious guy uh, through his films. And then just later on, he was in that um, weird movie that I spoke about. Uh, God, what was it was that movie with um, Eric Roberts where it's so fucking boring until the end. Dennis Hopper's in it. It's like a West a blood red. He was in that, and he was in that really goofy but hilarious Evils of the Night movie where the aliens are kidnapping people that are having sex. But he, like, had all these, like, really serious movies. Then his last few years, he just did the most bizarre horror films out of nowhere. He needed some money or something. I, don't I know. guess so, but it's just like... These aren't really high-paying <laughs> movies that he was in, though, either. Right, but I mean, having such kind of a a really badass... Like, he, he's a badass in his movies. He, he played the, the tough guy always, and he's, he's a decent actor, too. Well, he was in and, Biohazard and uh, The Executioner Part 2 as well. Aldo Ray? Yeah. Oh, and by like Biohazard, like Fred Olin Ray movie, nineteen eighty five, General Randolph, yeah, Fred Olin Ray. Wow, I didn't know he was in that movie. I haven't watched that movie in forever. I know he was in a really like weird horror, like uh, kind of a psychological horror, like called the um like psychic. I think it's the Psychic Killer. Um. That was a lot of fun. But, I mean, moving along from Aldo Ray, he just comes out of nowhere in the movie. It just always seemed odd to me that he, you know, it's kind of like Jack Jack Palance started doing horror films at the end Mm -hmm. of of his career. I think he was also in Evils of the Night. It was, I don't know. I always just find that odd when these actors just do horror films for the last few bits of their uh, standing career. I don't hear anybody else talking. I guess no one likes Alder <laughs> Ray. I will move along to something else. I apologize. I have nothing else to say about Alder Ray. I think Jacob's asleep. He might be. Nope. I'm not asleep. It's just you're just talking about Alder Ray for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping to catch somebody's interest in Alder Ray's movies. But anyways. Do we have anything else on Shock Him Dead? No, I don't think so. But by I mean, really, I think what, that, really, what can you say about this movie? 
It has Tracy no. Lords. It has heavy metal. Stuff happens. There's green goo. Green. Yep. There's some. There's some green jism mm-hmm. at one point, and that's. I mean, it's better than Hard Rock Zombies. Oh God! Give you that. <laughs> Which yes. is unwatchable. There we go. Tear on Tour is one of the worst heavy metal horror films. <laughs> oh yeah, that movie's bad. Well, I mean, there you go. There's thirteen and fourteen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that movie with Danny Filth that's like two and a half hours from Cradle of Filth, he did a movie that he was uh, the star in. And it was really, really, really awful. Wow. I can't remember the name does, of it. Uh, does D. Snyder's Strangeland count? Because I think I um, like that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely count that. I mean, it, it's that's mostly soundtrack that, that was uh, utilized for the heavy metal horror part. I mean... Right. But I, I do consider that a heavy metal horror film. Like, yeah. to consider it a heavy metal horror film, I would say the soundtrack alone would have to be a, a, a big part of it. Or if music is utilized in such a way that it's actually in the movie and the characters are listening to it, and it gives them maybe positive, negative, you know, reinforcement, or it serves, a you know, like maybe a pragmatic purpose in the film. You know, like for example, blood tracks, uh, easy actions there to film music videos, and then they get caught up by cannibals. You know, something uh, along that line. Like it's the the music only plays during the time that they're doing their music video, but I consider that kind of a heavy metal horror film, which I consider that my top ten too. So, you know, we might be booting Shock 'em Dead out of Uh here. Uh Oh, it's getting close. All right, down to the nitty gritty. All right. Moving along here, um, the last two titles that kind of came out with this bunch, one was the slasher title, one was not, but uh, it was Deadly Prey and then the sequel, Deadliest Prey. Take a couple of the men and go get another runner. A mean one. In Nam, he was the perfect killer. Now, he'll have to prove it again. Run, you're gonna die. Mike Danton is Deadly Prey. (laughs) Danton? You know him? Know him. I trained him. They turned the killer loose on themselves. Troy Donahue, Fritz Matthews, and Cameron Mitchell star in a film so violent it cannot be rated. Viewer caution advised. Killer and teacher face off in a final battle. Only one can survive in Deadly Prey. And we kind of me- one, of, one of them is, one of them is not. Uh, Deadly Praise has a slasher video, um, you know, logo on it, and Deadliest Prey is not considered a slasher video title. It does not have that logo on there. Wow, that's weird. Well, let's let's talk about Deadly Prey because Deadly Prey, out of the two, is like a trash masterpiece. Like that movie is so good. Yeah, Deadliest Prey is only playing off kind of what – I mean because of all the films that I would say that's – because Deadly Prey is very popular. Like as much as it kind of its obscurity to find, it's definitely one of the more well-known ones that is kind of hard to find. I, I don't know. It plays at a lot of you know 24-hour festivals. It, it, it plays a lot around. So I, you know, a lot of people have seen it. 
Um, and it is. It's it's truly a Rambo wannabe masterpiece that goes above and beyond the crazy heights that action movies usually do. Yeah, it's it's parole violators like levels of nuts. <laughs> it's it's real fucking good. Parole violators is a masterpiece. I unfortunately yeah. did not get to see Deadly Prey yet. It was on my stack. I didn't get to it. I had it. For, you had it ever for thirty days, and you forgot about it. No, it was on, my, it was on my stack to watch. It. Out, and you didn't watch Deadly. Prey. I know. I know. I suck. <clears throat> hey, it happens to the best of us. It will be got to though. So what? So if this is a okay, it's a trash masterpiece. Because sell sell me on Deadly Prey then. Trash masterpiece. It's so, it's a kind of Rambo ripoff, right? So what makes not this really, not really? It's okay. It's it's a group of kind of hunters okay. that um, kidnap people and then put them in a game. Kind of like Hard Target. Um, it's it's very much like. Did you watch Death Ring when I told you about it? Yes. Oh, death, yeah, totally. Okay, it's it's very it's kind of similar to Death Ring. Okay. Where but you don't win. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no money. They just put them kind of in this um it's like surviving the game. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, it, it's very much like too. yeah, it's very it's very similar to surviving the game. Or, you know, back in the day, the what's surviving the game is kind of based on that older uh, book that was turned into a movie. Um, I can't think of the name of it. I'm drawing the, uh, the Most Dangerous Game. Yes, The Most Dangerous Game. Thank you. Um, yep. very, very similar to that, but just they fucked with the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, they, and then this time it's a mulleted dude who never has a shirt on. And he's yeah. screams a lot. And screams a whole lot and has <laughs> tight cut off jean shorts on. And but let me tell you, fu- that's fucking Ted Pryor. He kills it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the type of thing that dreams are made of. And he rips dudes' arms like it's. This is a good movie. No, it it really is. This is and fucking Cameron Mitchell who nails it every fucking time is in this raw force. Uh, yeah, he's in Raw Four. I mean, his his list goes on and on and on. But um, it's it's a great cast, great bad guys, um, great lead played by uh, David's brother Ted, who does amp like take your take cages craziest rage cage performance and amplify <laughs> it by ten. That's exactly what Ted Pryor does in this movie. You're literally but, waiting for him to eat a tree the entire time. Like, he's so <laughs> up in the woods. And that's kind of the other charming part about this movie, kind of like parole violators to where like half of those action scenes seem like they're staged in like somebody's backyard or like a junkyard or a for- like a random forest. Like this whole movie takes place and like it looks like a bunch of dudes just beating the shit out of each other and like those woods that used to line your backyard as a kid. <laughs> and you're just like, wow, they shot their own personal Rambo in my backyard. This is kind of great. Nice. And it's it's really a something special. It's I if you if you could take Blast Fighter and take probably parole violators and put those two together, this is your movie. Except the craziness is set out in the forest with kind of the aspects of blast fighter getting revenge on people that are hunting you down. I'm so, sold. 
Yeah, it's 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 one of a kind, and it, you know, movies like this you don't see too often because I mean, we have kind of those goofy movies that are entertaining for a, a decent amount of the time, but not a movie that keeps going. From like Parole Violators says, I think that's a great example. Is that Parole Violators? The minute it starts, it's a hundred percent entertaining and gets better and better as time goes on. There's no downtime to the movie to where you're bored or you just want it to end, or please do something to be funny again. No, it continues to have that charming pace of just, you have a smile on your face the whole entire movie, because you can't believe that people were making this movie and thinking, man, this is what's going, we're going to get our break this time. Like, that's the charming thing about these movies, is that they weren't trying to make a bad movie. They weren't trying to make people laugh. They legitimately thought that these movies were were great. And they are to a different aspect though. And that you can't replicate that. So these people that are trying to make these movies that are bad or or funny, yeah, they're entertaining, but they can't capture that because it was a DIY. Like they are putting their heart and soul into these movies. So there's a certain aspect to it where you can you can favor them and and um, have more fun with them because you know that these guys aren't trying to get your attention, trying to make you laugh. They are legitimately trying to make the most kick-ass movie they possibly can. And that's why these movies like this, Deadly Prey and Parole Violators, will go down in history as some of my favorite movies of all time because of that. Nice. How would you say uh, The Deadliest Prey stacks up as a sequel? <laughs> It is not, not as good. very good. <laughs> um, it has it has its moments um, for sure. Um, Does it, it though? I mean, uh, it's pretty boring. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's it it tries to it tries to cat. This is the this is where it goes wrong. Is that now they're not trying to make a good movie? It they're almost playing off the success and kind of what Deadly Prey built to the audience because to make a sequel to something like this they're playing it to the audience and that's why this movie isn't very good gotcha. yeah no totally there's it lacks that genuine energy right um, it is, they're just playing it for the screen and you can tell because number one they're not good actors so you can see that pour onto the screen like oh man we're really gonna make them laugh during this and that's not funny gotcha okay yeah and it really it loses you very quickly and to the point of where it's one of those things where you just oh oh that was kind of funny oh that was that was kind of all right i just want the movie to be over <laughs> you know or you just stop halfway and you're like fuck it i'm going to watch deadly prey again right so all right but anyways it's 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 nice to have kind of those two movies cuz there is some kind of meaningful thing that the brothers get back together and make, uh, you know, another movie, um, especially a sequel to this. And it's this is towards the end of David Pryor's uh, career, too, um, you know, which is sad because I think he made this movie in like 2013. It wasn't yeah. that long ago. Yeah, I think crazy. it was actually like a I want to say there was like an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter for it too, if I remember correctly. I want to say I heard something like that. I don't know for sure. Um, okay, so, so that's I mean, why this wouldn't be a slasher title. This thing was newer than I thought of. I was thinking it was like 90s, but no, 2013. 
Yeah, I want to say that it's fairly... I mean, I could be wrong. I, I think I got that off the back. I mean, but I want to say that this was very, very recent. Yeah. It was uh, It was definitely 2013 because it was the year right before I came to Austin because they played it at a little film festival in Philly called the Cinadelphia Film Fest where they actually did a double feature of Deadly Prey and then had Deadliest Prey right after it as like – Jesus, they should have reversed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They would have lost uh, half their audience after Deadly Prey played. Yeah. So wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying Deadliest Prey. If they should have played that first and then played Deadly Prey second to keep their audience in house. I don't know. Would that keep the audience? Uh, the audience may be gone. Well, I think most people that would go to see it kind of knew what Deadly Prey was. Yeah. And as soon as Deadliest Prey starts, you kind of want to get up. <laughs> oh no. And it forces you, you get you got to force yourself to watch Deadly. Oh man, Party, which is right. sad. Well, I will watch these both. And... and coming from a person that really likes David Pryor films, he lost it and probably he had a movie called Body Count in the early '90s. It's a really really fun movie, um, but he lost his touch at that point. I think it, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I can my the audience really likes these types of movies. They really like laughing, so I'm going to really churn that out. And then once he started doing that, he completely lost me. So, That's a bummer. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's really fun if you can track down his movies. Uh, AIP, uh, a production company, put a lot of them out. Um, so if you can find them on, you know, VHS, there, there you go. I, I know a few of his few uh, films, like Future Zone and Future Force. Or on DVD, um, but other than that, uh, a lot of the shit's lost. To be honest with you, All until right. Slasher Video puts out a beta VHS of it <laughs> on Blu-ray. All right, um, <clears throat> let's move into our our two segments. I think we got. I think we got a. Did you watch anything else, uh, Jacob? Because I'll, I'll talk watched, about the. If Slasher? you watched anything else, yeah, we watched a couple other ones, but I, we'll only talk about the ones that he's seen. I watched the Death Nurse movies. Ooh, how do you watch both of them? I did. And you're still alive? <laughs> yeah. Those are like those are there's this weird thing um that there's like different levels of movie almost as like you you kind of classify them as like oh you have your like your mainstream movies. Then you have your movies that are kind of like art house like cinephile or like crossovers. Then you have your cult stuff, you know, that's like cult horror, people like us who watch that shit incessantly. Then you have movies that pretty much aren't for human consumption. <laughs> Those are the Death Nurse movies. Oh, it's God. like down there with like yeah. Andy Milligan and like some of that weirdo shot on video stuff that you just can't get through. You're like, oh, my God, like I can't believe – because what the Death Nurse movies are what like sixty minutes long, fifty eight yeah, minutes yeah, long. Yeah, they're very short, but they feel like long. forever. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know this is uh, Nick uh, Nick uh, Millard. I think his the director. His name. He also Nick. had another Nick Millard. I guess. You yes. Could say. So yeah, he he did another the slasher video. I'll speak on behalf of this one because I watched. I actually enjoy this film somewhat. But he also released Cemetery Sisters, which is another slasher title that's shot on video. Um, and there's actually really fun 
interviews with with the director at his dining room table with his wife that he keeps kind of telling to be quiet. <laughs> it's very awkward interviews each time. Like she goes to talk and he like cuts her off because he wants the camera. But uh, he made a lot of these shot on video movies, and you really have to really really dig some SOV in order to stomach some of this stuff because something like death nurse that is so it's such a small idea and it's such a short movie but the pacing to it is just all wrong because they really try to stretch these movies out to be an hour because um rules are that if you can make your movie an hour you can it's considered a feature so it, when it hits that 60 minute mark and these movies hit almost exactly 60 minutes they're like a little bit over 60 like 60 minutes and 30 seconds and it's just like oh i can call it a feature now but um if you're really into sov i would suggest picking these up because this is definitely some crazy shit. you have to really like this type of thing um, I've seen each, I've watched Death Nurse 1 and 2 probably twice in my life, and I'll probably never revisit it again. And I'm a pretty big SOV head, like, I, I really enjoy it. Um, but there's a certain, there's a certain aspect of SOV that you really have to capture. And I think Boarding House is probably one of those movies that does it best. Um, uh, David, we talked about David Pryor's uh, Sledgehammer. Um, things like that, to, they can really draw you in to kind of a, a very fun aspect of if you ever picked up a video camera and shot a movie with friends, um, it kind of gives you that feel. Um, Death Nurse just feels like I really want to make a movie and I don't give a fuck what it's about. Um, and that's kind of shameful because it, it, it sucks. And they did some really good pack- packaging on here. There's some great interviews with the director um, and um, – kind of Q&As and, and talking about the history of Death Nurse, which it's very bizarre of they the them coming up with the idea and explaining it is a lot more entertaining than, than the movie. And I really can't stand Nurse Edith. She's the worst actress ever. Which I can't really say that you expect her to be great in such of a movie called Death Nurse. But um, the other one was Cemetery Sisters. That's a lot... A lot more fun. It's uh, it's really goofy. It tries to be overly gory, but it really shies away from some of the the gore in the movie, which is funny because it seems like they would have shot it. Because SOV always has that like one shot where they keep pounding in a face or something for ten minutes, and the blood just keeps splattering. But they kind of shy away from a lot of the um, gore in the movie, which is bizarre. But other than that, I mean, those are the other. Um, other slasher titles that we got to. They also did, uh, this movie's newer. They did uh, Cinco de Mayo. Um, they did an older uh, shot on video movie called Splatter Architects of Fear and Trash Trashology, which I didn't get around to seeing. It, it's newer as well. And I'm kind of scared to attempt attempt some of this stuff because if, if they go through the this is the second time Death Nurse has been released because Slasher Video did it on their own label, and then when the All of Films thing happened, they re-released it. So someone really likes Slash uh, uh, Death Nurse, which is kind of disturbing to me. 
It looks like they put little uh, things on each of the DVD because these just were to DVD, not Blu-ray. So people's brains would explode if they release this on Blu-ray. I'm sure, but they had a little shot on video label. Yeah, yeah, they put the little little sticker in the corner. Yeah, and everything because I guess they really, you know, it's one of those things that you really have to like, you know, to drop in a movie and to see shot on video might be a take people back a lot. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm really not a fan of shot on video. That's because you're not watching the right movies. I guess not. But um, you I'm watch Boarding fan. House, your life will change. I'll give it a shot, <clears throat> but that's the only one. No, don't. You didn't like Soul Tangler? Not really. No. Oh my god. It was okay, but I'll never watch that thing again ever in my life, and I'll never recommend that. But it did make me laugh a few times. Let me play the quiet game now. <laughs> all right. Get a quarter. Oh, you lost. Are we done talking about uh, all the films slash a video? I think so. We're not really selling anybody on these. Um, well, there's not a lot to sell, but I, but I they're certain... they're totally for the heads, though. Like they're like you're either gonna already right, be okay. like somebody's never gonna just be like, oh, boarding house, uh, like. I wonder what this is. It's like no, you're you're not going to just stumble across boarding house or death <laughs> two. Like you're going to be seeking that shit out and already into it. Like yeah. kind of like Brad who like masturbates weird stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah. No, I think our listeners. I mean, I think this is going to be a lot of titles that they won't buy off base of our recommendations. But the people that are into this shit. We'll be hitting the buy now button for sure. The tough thing with stuff like this, because like sometimes I'm curious and I want to, you know, give a flick a try, but I'm not. I don't want to have to buy the thing. You know what I mean? I want to be able to rent it for a couple bucks. And in the day, in in this day and age of, you know, of uh, digital only only has so many things. Stuff like this is not going to go to like a, a service like you. That's the name of the vampire movie. Okay. The Lost Platoon. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Good job, Brad. Thanks. Thanks, Brad. You're welcome. But uh, you're not going to be able to rent a movie like this. You got to buy it, you know, which is what makes it kind of tough to kind of sample the stuff. Unless stuff like this goes to more streaming services like Exploitation TV or, or, or shutter, you know, that's opportunity for slasher to totally, totally. Because I would think more people would be willing to give these a shot if they're on a service like that. So maybe someday, you know, who knows? Maybe when the well, all thing is, you know, to m- be one hundred percent fair, though, I mean, if you buy Deadly Prey and like Boarding House together for like twenty bucks, like that's twenty bucks well spent. I mean, if you went to like twenty two dollars, like <laughs> those two <laughs> movies are like, uh, they'll. I mean, I would spend like twenty two bucks on that if I got those blind. Uh, my mind would like melt. Yeah, like, they're both the thing awesome. is like with them. With so many of these movies from Slasher kind of getting dumped on, out on, on through Olive, it's hard to know which ones are really worth checking out and which ones aren't, you know. It would be nice to be able to, I mean, I'm sure you can find these on YouTube, I'm sure, but. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. I, I'm wow. sure, it's just real life Shit. talking, this is a real talk, people. But if you really want to sample it, I think you can find it. But I'm just saying it yeah, would be nice if, more if stuff like this. to come out like this, then you need to support it. Yeah, but it'd be nice to be able to sample the stuff. If if all the stuff went to a streaming service, I think it would have a probably a better chance to actually gain some traction. That's all I'm saying. 
You're probably well, a nightmare in the grocery store. Like you're just like <laughs> hovering around all of those fucking sample stations. And I wish they had like a sample station of every <laughs> single thing so I could can I, can I just eat part of this fucking banana? <laughs> that's why. That's why I go to Costco. Sample as much shit as I possibly can, or you go uh, to Super Target on a Saturday. What are you even talking about at this point? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to these segments and then uh, and then call it a night. Um, let's move into some stream screams. Nate, wake up. <laughs> There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Don't fucking scream at me! You scream, I'll break your neck. <laughs> Don't scream, miss. Don't scream. Today, we are talking about a film that I can't believe that I missed. This came out in the year 2000. Dude, so everybody I was, fucking missed this I guess they did. It's, it is a shame that this got... Uh, passed up. The f- movie is called Cut. It uh, is directed by Kimball Rendell and starring Molly Ringwald. Who wants to make a mainstream slasher movie? Bigger than Halloween, creepier than Friday the 13th. <laughs> oh, sex and deep throat. <laughs> what about all these people who keep dying trying to make this film? Slasher movie gone horribly wrong, buried for years. Vanessa Turnbull goes back to face her demons. You can't buy publicity like this. Are you worried about the curse, Miss Turnbull? What curse? Every time there's an attempt to finish this film, someone dies. Oh, well, there's a special clause in my contract. If I die, I get paid extra. Okay, roll sound. Eleven, take two. Now you die. Cut it! Cut it! Run! Get away from him! Yeah, Kimball Reynolds did has done a lot of Australian films. I think he did that movie Bait with the sharks. Okay. Right. This is an, an Aussie film. No. I think that's what he did. I'm not 100 percent sure. You'd have to check but yeah i mean i was just, yeah i mean i'm sure he's done some other films too but that's the one that comes to mind yeah well i got this for fairly cheap i think it was like 6.99 for hd to buy yeah. um you can rent it as well if you want but um the basic premise is there's a a horror film from 1985 that uh, had a hell of a time getting made uh, it was incomplete and locked away because some of some tragic events happened during the filming. People got murdered in real life. Right. Uh, and then a group of film students decide 14 years later that they want to finish the film. So they hire – they somehow uh, get the money together and they hire Molly Ringwald. Uh, well, they have a Vanessa previous Turner. investor of the film. Gotcha. Okay. And um, she funds it. So she comes back to finish – the film with this group and of course uh shit goes down sh- yeah shit goes down scarman shows back up yep which is a terrible terrible name for that villain yeah and so i didn't like his I mask about, either the mat the mask is okay yeah. the, the weapon of choice is kind of odd but it it um, like the weapon it's one of the God. <laughs> it's uh oh it's one God. of the <laughs> um, I can't even go on. Um, no, it, this is this is a movie that it got shoved. It was on the blockbuster shelf, one copy, never went anywhere. No one really gave it a shot, but it it has like it wants to be 
one of those throwback movies. And this is before all that shit started happening where it's like, oh, let's play on the 80s because it's cool. Uh, and they well, kind of did that. But what are you going to say? I don't know, man. That I think you might be off base on that one. You think it's a throwback movie? I think it's a throwback to four years ago with Scream, but I mean, like, it's isn't it very much Scream kind of uh, totally winky, ironic? Like, yeah, it is a little bit, but I don't think as much as some of these other movies that came out after Scream. Yeah, I don't know. There is, there's that to it, but I are you saying that like Metafeel? Like, it's like one of those like self-aware. The thing is that it is self-aware, so it does play on those. The scream aspects, but I'm talking about like mainly kind of the setup to the film, utilizing maybe that that old you know um, you know hot blooded title card and and every like the miniature that they set on fire, just like little aspects like that make it more or less a throwback rather than something that's trying to play off the success of Scream. I think it was a prime time to do it because they thought they could play off the success of Scream, but I, I truly think like it's one of those that tries to hit the mark as much as possible of trying to be kind of a throwback eighties film. But I mean, that's teach his own how, how you view the film, but I don't know. That's kind of how I always thought, even watching it. Um, when I was shit, I was very young when I saw this movie. Um, well, I say very young. It was like probably 15 or 16, but, um, Watching it even then, it, it felt like it belonged in a different era to me. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It feels like a movie made by people who half remember watching movies from the eighties. Like even the soft focus, like intro to the film. I to had where to check my TV to make sure my TV was all right when it because yeah, because they do like they try to do the gauzy lens like De Palma thing from like Carrie or even like some of those older, uh, bigger. Well, I mean, you know, bigger studio slasher stuff like My Bloody Valentine or um, even had like The Prowler where it's all that kind of soft lens mm-hmm. look, but. I mean, it, it again, it felt like somebody trying to replicate that, but replicate it by poking you in the ribs the whole time, being like, remember this is like what 80 movies from the 80s actually looked like. And it's like, yeah, I guess if you weren't there. But um, that and like, again, all of the nudging, like even the casting of Molly Ringwald. And I thought, no, I'm, try- I'm being overly negative with this movie and I actually kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> but like, even the casting of Molly Ringwald feels again kind of like an ironic nudge, um, you know. Be talking about like basically a throwback to like remember she's in movies from the eighties, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, great. Like I get the joke, uh, but it's still fun. Like the even though Scarface or whatever his name is is the stupid killer, like he actually kind of looks like the mask from Nightbreed, or at least that's what I kept thinking of the whole time. Yeah. With Cronenberg, like cutting I mean, people. even kind of the plot plays off Return to Horror High. Yeah, I, I, sure. I don't know. That's that's why I say like, if there's a bunch of things like that that make that make it feel more of a throwback than kind of a wink, wink. Like, oh, this is popular now. Let's make this movie. I it don't seems know. like they. It seems like they really tried. Maybe they didn't succeed for everybody, 
But for me, it seems that they really, really tried to do something. Maybe they didn't capture it correctly because of the time frame. If it came out before Scream, it seems like they played off the success of Scream but didn't create the movie because of Scream. This is an ongoing idea that that somebody had because it doesn't use too many of those pop culture elements to tell a story. They just kind of use that self-aware, so they mention films like, you know, when she's – and she mentions really generic films. Like she's like, you know, as scary as, you know, Friday the 13th and as gory as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, it's like kind of, you know, that feels like a wink-wink. But the It's just so film, broad. It's what? Yeah. I said it's just so broad. Like it tries yeah. to reference such a broad spectrum of horror, but I don't know. And again, maybe that's what was turning me off, but – no, is it a movie that did something similar? I'm not going to tell you that it's like great or anything, but it was decent. Did you ever see? Uh, I believe it's called The Hills Run Red. Like yeah, it was like 2009. I kind of yeah. like that one, but yeah, it did I it with it a lot. less jokiness. Yeah. No, I, I mean I, I I like that film too. I mean I don't know. There's a certain we're talking about films like Return to Horror High and you know Hills. Uh, Hills Run Red in this. I don't know. There's, there's some, It feels like there's something special to all those films that, uh, you know, they're aware that horror... Like, I like when horror... Like, the same thing with The Final Girls. You have... You have characters that know... And same thing with Scream, of course. You have those characters that know that horror films exist. So you feel a little bit closer to them in that aspect, it feels. You feel like you're one of them or one of the gang um, because you don't have that a lot in, uh, in, in horror films is you have people that never reference it or they go down a dark alley alone. You don't have those characters that are like, Oh wait, I've seen this before. I don't know. It, you don't get that too often in films. And so when it happens, it feels more special. Like it feels, it feels a little closer to your heart being, you know, maybe a hardcore horror fan you you view view the film in a different way. Like when I very first saw Scream, I wasn't watching a, a horror film. It felt I was felt like I was watching, you know, a best friend write a script about movies that we loved. You know that that's what Scream feels like to me. It, you know the same thing with the Final Girls. It, it it felt it felt close to home, and that's the same thing I like. I always felt about Cut. Okay. I don't know, and it's not really a defense of the film, but it's just how that how cut makes me feel. Like this feels like a movie that I would have wrote and directed when I was like fourteen. Is that yeah. why all the screen movies are terrible after Randy dies? <laughs> yes, like, <laughs> that was the biggest mistake ever in in the history <laughs> of uh, screen and movies in general. Yes. <laughs> I so, but anyway, I, I had fun yeah. with cut, man. I it's it, for me, it was like. You know, it 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 was it was something I can yeah, I can turn on and not really have to think too hard about and just kind of enjoy it and, and watch it. And I and I, I was surprised that it was in the two thousands that, that it came out. I was I was thinking it was like maybe in the nineties or whatever. I was actually thinking it was like a before Scream because um, I didn't really you know see that any references to the Scream, but I I just thought it was just a kind of you know. So self-aware kind of slasher flick with some. Well, I don't really think the movie's set in a world where they're acknowledging um, newer things. I, that's why I think, like again, I think it's more of a 
you know, kind of a throwback because they don't mention pop culture in the sense of it being current. It's more or less they're referencing things from the 70s and 80s if they do reference anything. Yeah. You know, um, so I don't know. Like I said, the movie's not fantastic or, you know, phenomenal or anything. It's just, I don't know. It's This movie's always played close to my heart because of that. And, you know, it, it, it's a little special because it's, fuck it, I've never met anybody that has seen Cut other than me telling them about it and then we talk about it. Um, I don't know. It's always one of the, there's another, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, there's a movie that's very, very close to um, being on borderline cut, almost like the cinematography is the same and shit like that, but it's called The Pool. And it's a, um, it's a British horror film. It's like James McAvoy's in it. And it was like one of his first movies. It's a fucking killer that sneaks into a, a big pool that these kids are having a party at and starts cutting them up. But it has that certain aesthetic of being kind of wanting to be throwback and maybe they don't achieve it to that extent, but it really, they're really churning it out and really going for trying to do something special. Cause cuts not like anything else that came out of the two thousands from 2000, yeah. from 2000 to about 2000, Nine, we had a slew of these really oddball slashers and some won and a lot of them didn't. I mean, and you have, and they're very, very campy and it's really hard to capture that moment of the eighties. I think Valentine does it perfectly. Um, I'm a big fan of Valentine and it's something that's very close to cut even how, how it runs and, and how it feels and, I mean, it's a completely different movie, of course, but how they're really playing towards that you love slashers, I love slashers audience. So, there's that beep again. (laughs) Is that my, that's my timer to shut up. (laughs) Anyway, I'd say, I'd say give it a shot. You can uh, give it a shot. It's cheap enough to be something that you can definitely to watch ta- i mean to taste to taste test yeah test, test it, the I, I think uh voodoo is like 6.99 and i think an amazon instant video you can buy it for like 4.99 or rent it for 2.99 i mean it's like it's like you know that's that's cheap just if, yeah. if it and sounds Lion, like you'd want to check it out Lionsgate check it out pick this up too i think it's a lion's gate it's a lion's gate flick yeah. yeah they picked it up for over here yeah. but. i think i think it's worth discovering i think people can watch it and make them make their own decisions but it's definitely not a horrible movie, and I and like I liked seeing Molly Ringwald kind of back on the screen in this fashion, and you know um, I think there's enough to it to, to have some fun with. So, and and I liked that it didn't try to be too tongue in cheek; like it was trying to actually be its own thing instead of kind of yeah. you know ribbon, you know, elbowing people in the ribs. Like remember this in horror movies? Like it had enough yeah. of its well, own sense do- of self. I think it does that at the beginning to like build. A well, skeleton. yeah. And yeah. then, like, With, it, it continues on its own path. Yeah. I don't know. I say give it a shot. All right. Anything else, Jacob? Nope. <laughs> All right. Let's move into uh, video. Oh, my God. Nikki. Well, here we are at last. Right where we ought to be. Oh my god! 
So this one, uh, this is a 1984 film called The Prey. Uh, I watched the trailer and I said, oh God, uh, nah, I don't think I'll check this out. We'll let Brad talk oh about it. Because <laughs> it looks just like... Uh, um, you should have some inner monologue. What's the, what's the, what's that slasher that was out on uh, Code Red? Dawn something? Just Before Dawn? Just Before Dawn. This looked like a bad version of Just Before Dawn. Well, but I could be wrong. Is- so, uh, Brad, what what is this film, Prey, and uh, why should people try to track down the VHSs or the or other methods to see this? <laughs> the VHSs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I gotta laugh first. <laughs> Out there, I swear I saw it. It was supposed to be a fun weekend camping trip. Am I ready for tonight? Did you hear something? But there is something out there in the woods. What the hell are you doing? Something horrible. It's not human. And it's got X. The Prey. Rated R. I don't know. There's... It, it's definitely, this movie is solely made because Friday the 13th came out. There's, there's, I don't think there's any way, um, around that. It, you know, well, I mean, I guess the success of Friday the 13th, because this movie came out in like maybe early 80s, like 83, 84, I would say. Um, but it's just a very kind of low key slasher to the point where that isn't a big, because the thing is with a lot of these movies with slashers it's a it's a guess guess who who type thing and it cuts that off very quickly of knowing kind of what's going on you don't have a full answer but you know it's not one of the six campers that goes along or you know uh you know someone that's upset with their son dying out in the woods it's literally a maniac um, slashing, you know, cutting people up, and he lets them have a lot of sex before anything happens. <laughs> like this movie's downright some like kind of a softcore por- porno as well. Mm. I think that's another reason why I like it because there's a lot of sex in this movie. Well, this is a New World Pictures, which is Roger Corman's pr- company, so obviously they're trying to tie in on the Friday the Thirteenth as quickly well, as possible. Yeah, but the thing is, is like sex happens so frequent in this movie and like it's very it, and it's not they don't don't shy away from the camera with it too. The camera is right there with nipple rubbing. Nipple rubbing. Penetration. And, you know, no pen no penetration. No, no, no penny. No penny. <laughs> Um, but it, it's really funny because it, it, it's another movie that kind of takes a while for, because they want everybody to have sex first. And then you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be payback because all these people are having sex. And I'm watching this movie and I have no reason, no reason why. <laughs> because it's, it really is like a lot of other slashers, but there's a couple, like the uncut version of this movie there's some really cool shots with some fucking axe wielding and getting chopped up. And I find the last probably about 15 minutes of this movie really badass and really intense. Um, but then again, you know, I don't know. Is this your first time seeing this, Jacob, right? 
How did you feel about the last 15 minutes or so? That's my... <laughs> Jacob's literally asleep. Jay, are you there? I am. I think that was his answer, Brad. Wow. You did not like to pray. It's, I mean, it's kind of a generic slasher movie. There's not a whole lot there. Yeah, it's no, fine. No, no. It's but gonna saying, be for greatest only. The the last fifteen minutes. How did you like being seeing it for the first time? Because I kind of grew up with this movie, so I I kind of view it a little bit differently. Because I I thought I was seeing something very spectacular at the time because I was going through a bunch of slashers and you know I was very young, but seeing for the first time. How'd you read that last 15 minutes? Like intense, slow. It's, I mean, it's, it's a decent slasher movie. Like it definitely works, you know, but again, I think it's only going to work for those people who like are looking for it to hit those certain beats, you know? Um, so like I enjoyed watching it. I don't know if I'd ever go back. Yeah. So, but it's, a it's a neat little, because is that a Thorn video release from back in the day? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it fits that very general aesthetic that those slashes that they put out, you know, kind of adhered to. It's it's kind of ruddy. It gives you that Friday the 13th vibe. There's some good gore to it. And, yeah, the, the, the last reel of that movie is pretty solid. So, I mean, like, all in all, if you like slasher movies, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit your buttons. Yeah. I don't know. It's just always one of those things that, like I said, it, it, it hit a little, you know, it hit me and like, like you said, I really enjoyed slashers and I still do. When I was younger, I thought I was seeing something a little different because of how the setup was like, you know, who the killer is right away. That scene with the ax in the beginning yeah, and, it's, and it lifts the, up and that the, blood. the opening like teaser is really great. That'll yeah. give and then it like is like total sexy time for the next like forty five minutes, and um, I don't know, but that opening sequence like that, I was stunned to see that that much blood because it's 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 shot in a really perfect way too. Like when that axe raises and it's like a gallon of blood just flies up in the air, um, I was just like I was fucking hooked at that point, and then I got to saw boobies. And then I thought the last 15 minutes of that movie was fucking intense when I first saw it. And it's very very scary, you know, even as a little kid, it's very comparable to Friday the 13th when you're kind of getting the POV of the killer and these people are begging for their lives and and screaming and running. It's very much like... um, I think it's like Trish in one of the Friday... I forget it was a Friday the 13th. It's... um, I think it's part. I think it's part three. That's the one where she was attacked by Jason when she was younger, and then yes. she yeah. But when she gets like when she finds out like when he takes off the mask to show himself, and then she starts freaking out, and that's a, I think that's a very intense part of the movie because she's traumatized by that. It's very similar on that pace, that pacing, and just that scare tactic. When he starts coming down the mountain, she's on the rock with her dead friend and she starts backing up and she just starts freaking out because now you get to see this grotesque creature that is uh, that's been killing their friends and kind of unstoppable at that point because he's fucking fucked up. 
Uh, and it also plays off the Jason Voorhees thing as well. And he, you know, unstoppable force that they're dealing with. I don't know, Sean. I think you need to watch it. It's it's you like gore, you, and you get a lot of it too. If you get to the uncut, that's the one thing about this movie is that if you do seek it out, you have to make sure it's uncut because the cut version you don't get all of that. You don't get the extra gore. You don't get the extra boobage. So if this ever does get released, someone needs to track down that that uncut version. All right. When I get through my 300 movies on my to-watch pile, I'll track this down. You buy all the time that 300 is going to turn into 600 and you're never going to watch The Prey. It's a curse. (laughs) I don't know. I would probably want to watch these movies that are disappearing slowly rather than stuff I have on Blu-ray. Because that's going to be around. Well, see, I'm just, you know, there's a certain... I, I have to be in a mood. Like, for slashers, I need to kind of... For certain horror movies, I need to be in the mood for them, and I've been on a, I've been off the slasher kick for a while. So when I start feeling the itch, I will definitely track down the prey. Uh, I'll make sure I have copious amounts of alcohol, though, mm. or I'll just watch the last fifteen minutes. No, is that yeah, not the sure way to go? Why not? <laughs> well. All right, I think that's gonna do it for this week's show, everybody. Long pause. <laughs> I don't know. Is this like the most depressing episode ever? Because like we all the I feel like we just... didn't like. I don't think anybody liked anything. <laughs> I don't think we we weren't really ecstatic about anything. Yeah. I, so I apologies, everyone, like, for probably we... the lamest show so far. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's been some. There's been some real doozies. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, man, like because. I think Krampus is the best-reviewed movie on the show today. Uh, I don't know about Uh. that. (laughs) I don't know. I think the best-reviewed movie is definitely Deadly Prey. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the one movie that we can actually speak on behalf of and we get really excited about. But it's it's funny. that shit. Blood Rage is the best-reviewed fucking movie (laughs) on this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but... Blood Rage goes hand in hand with half of these movies we're talking about of like how it's set up and how it plays out. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, great movies, there's so much to talk about, but in these enjoyable kind of just one timers, there's not a lot to talk about, but I think it's one of those things where you just have to say, you have to find the audience that likes this type of thing and say, Hey, you need to check this out. Cause I think you would like this you like shot on video movies you're gonna love boarding house if you like ridiculous action movies like parole violators you're gonna fucking love deadly prey it's it's kind of like that it's really hard to talk on behalf of these movies that don't really have great qualities they're just more fun than anything yeah so i mean that's the reason why i guess we had to pile up like you know fucking seven titles to talk about because there's not a lot to talk about these movies maybe a little about the history or maybe the filmmakers themselves but the movies just talking about the movies now there's not a lot to talk about yeah it's all good so all right buy them let us know what you think because i i mean i like to i like to hear when people like shit like blood rage and deadly prey i love to hear about it yeah, definitely let us know. Uh, the hashtag what's on your doorstep is uh is still going strong. A lot of fun. I love checking that each uh each week. I need I need to check it more on a daily basis to retweet more stuff because sometimes it'll if you if you follow us on Twitter, like all of a sudden you'll get like 
10 retweets <laughs> of what's on your doorstep. But uh, it's a lot of fun seeing where everyone's getting and keeping uh, keeping a dialogue going about these flicks. It's definitely, definitely fun. Um, if you want to buy some movies, make sure you go to Grindhouse Video first and check out what they got. Grindhousevideo.com. Uh, if you order over $25, you can get 10% off using the code SCREAMCAST10. Also, make sure you check out Coffee Shop of Horrors. I forgot I forgot to plug what I was drinking. I was drinking Coffee Shop of Horrors coffee, but uh, I forgot. Oh, Witch's Brew. That's what I was drinking. It was really good. Uh, you can use the code SCREAMCAST to get 10% off of your order from them. They have a couple really good ones. Um, they have, a, they have of course, a Krampus roast. And uh, they have a, uh, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but there's like an apple pie, apple Well, that, that's what one. I was talking about when, when I said they had big news. That's their deal with their comic, that comic book. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, it's kind of big for them. So hopefully that uh, gets them more business. I bought a, I bought a few bags. Um, and, of course, Wolfman of Mars provides the music for the show. Check them out over at uh, Facebook.com slash Wolfman of Mars or Bandcamp.com slash Wolfman of Mars. Buy their music. They do have a new EP out um, that you should definitely check out. And then, of course, uh, Kevin Spencer created our logo. Check out check out his uh, his artwork over at Inkspatters.com. That's going to do it for this week's show. Hope you guys all have a great week. Have a great uh, have a great Christmas or holiday or whatever you celebrate. We're going to take a break until January, and we are going to get our asses in gear and get some interviews scheduled and uh, a lot of cool stuff. Maybe talk about better movies. Maybe talk about some better movies. I don't know. You gotta have, you know, whatever. I'm not really gonna lose any sleep over it. Uh, but we're definitely, uh, gonna reshift a few things and, uh, I think 2016 is gonna be a lot of fun. So, um, with that said, all you guys have a, have a fantastic holiday. We'll talk to you into the new year. Watch Bone Tomahawk. Watch Bone Tomahawk. Um, yeah. Jacob Q Knight. Where can people find your writing online? Birthmoviesdeath.com. Boom. Thanks for joining us, sir. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank you for uh, having me. We'll talk to all of you later. Bye-bye. Maybe we'll talk about better movies next time with you. Because you just yeah. sound like you did not have a good time. Well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> all, I all right. We're out of here. Uh, see you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.